Welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. you're well. I have an amazing chat today with the lovely Elizabeth Styles. She is a British fashion brand consultant so she works with brands, small brands, big brands all over the place to help them grow their businesses. She has a lot of experience in the fashion industry and we have a really great chat about sort of the behind the scenes of the fashion industry, uh, why brands hire photographers, what they look for when they're hiring photographers, um, loads of stuff like that. We talk about trends, we talk about um, people she loves to follow on Instagram and loads more and it's a really lovely, very insightful chat and I really hope that you find it interesting to see kind of the side of the fashion industry that people might necessarily talk about that much. Um, I think you'll benefit a lot from learning the stuff that we talk about. So I hope you enjoy it. I will speak to you on the other side. Hey, Elizabeth. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, but very well, thank you. I've had a busy day, so this is quite a nice way to end it. <laughs> oh, good, oh, good. I'm so glad. Can you tell us about yourself and what you do for a living? Yes. So I'm a fashion brand consultant working with independent brands, um, and I work with them to get their ideas out of their head and sort of onto paper and into production. So taking all the creative sometimes it feels a bit messy inside your head and just mm-hmm. make, getting some clarity around that why you want to do what you do and how to yeah make it a reality I guess that's amazing and I think so needed for so many small and even big brands yeah yeah I think so and sometimes you, you just feel like well there, there's a few different people that I work with some people they haven't even launched yet mm-hmm. and they just want somebody to hold their hand throughout the launch process um and some people have launched but then they've got stuck at some point along yeah. the way and they're like oh this is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be <laughs> um so then I help those people as well and then I've also got sort of clients who are a little bit further down the line mm-hmm who are sort of smashing it and want to just keep smashing it, you know, and then keep it growing. So they they sort of fall into three different sections and it's nice to be able to work with all those different people at different stages of their brand and hopefully they all follow into the the smashing it section. Yeah, that's amazing. And how did you get into fashion? And more specifically, I suppose, how did that lead you on to consultation? Um, well, I've always been one to, my mum was like, even when I was little, I was always one to entertain myself with making things and mm-hmm. doing things. You know, I was quite a practical little thing and I was always into colouring and I don't know if you ever had a fashion wheel when you were younger. No, I don't one think of I my have. Favorite toys. It was like um, a stencil thing and you used to put paper over it and then scribble over it and it would make the sort of scribble with a outfit cool and it was my favorite thing to do so, well I'll try and find one on eBay that we can link to okay <laughs> 80s 
before you throw back. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, I feel very lucky that I always knew that I wanted to work with clothes. Like, I've got friends and people in my family that, you know, they're in their 20s and 30s and they still don't know what they want to do. Um, so I feel lucky that I always knew it was fashion. Mm. Um, and so I studied textiles at A-level. I did fashion retail buying at uni and then went into retail buying for Next. And then I, so I worked on women's wear there for mm. the jersey wear department and their wovens department as well across the space for about five years and moved my way up through there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually from Bedfordshire. So I, I'd been in Leicester for about eight years, mm-hmm. even though my boyfriend was down here. Oh. So I was like, we were going back and forth for about eight years. And I was oh like, no, goodness. I'm going to come back to London. You know, I'm going to get a job there. So then I worked at Arcadia for a year, which okay. was a very, very different experience. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think at Next, I'd say 95% of the people are from up north and the super friendly, uh, you know, like really lovely environment mm-hmm. to work in. And then you come to London and even from somebody who's from the south, I, I know it was like a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah. Um, and it was just a completely different atmosphere in there, which is a learning experience, you know. And mm-hmm. I think it says something that I only stayed there for a year. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then I went back up to Leicester to go to Georgia Asda, and I did boys wear there, which I loved. It was so much fun. I had a really, really good time. But then one of my suppliers approached me to work for him and be a sort of a design account manager for mm-hmm. him. So I was then a middleman in between a brand and the factory. Okay. So say, for example, somebody like Topshop, they wouldn't necessarily buy direct from a factory. They'd go through a supplier. Okay. And it's like a design agency where they create designs and mm-hmm. then sell it to that brand under their own label. Because they physically like can't produce the amount of stock they need yeah. internally. Like They need, to help, need some help outsourcing that. Um, so I did that for about three years, which was, again, I loved doing that. It was a very different like work-life balance to being in buying. I think in buying, your calendar sort of completely dictates your life mm. as to when you need to sign things off to when you need to get things in for launch. And when you're traveling a lot, it's quite hard to have a social life around that. Yeah. Um, so it's very exciting, but it was just nice to have a slightly relaxed time as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then that same supplier company opened up their own brand called New Girl Order. And I managed the launch of that with a team of about three other people, four mm-hmm. other people. And that was an amazing experience. And it was at that time that I realized, oh, this is really hard launching a brand. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I've got all the knowledge, I've got all the contacts, I've got everything I need at my fingertips. And it's still really, really hard. Mm. Um And I've got a little team of people helping me as well. Wow. Um, So I thought, I wonder how many people are out there who don't have the contacts and the knowledge and the experience and the team that are probably finding it a hundred times harder and also just, yeah, trying to do it alone. And I was like, oh, I feel quite bad for these people that I've never even met. (laughs) Um, I wonder if I can sort of reach out to someone and figure out if I could help them. And so... 
it, I, it was almost like I had that realization before I even wanted to leave. Okay. And I didn't know that I wanted to leave straight away. It was, um, it probably took a couple of months to actually make sense in my brain. But I started putting some messages out into some Facebook groups just saying, this is my experience. If you need some help, let me know. Mm. I won't, there's no charge, you know, just I'm really interested to see what you're struggling with. And I had quite a few responses. I was like, oh, this is I bet exciting. you did. You know? <laughs> um, I, I used to get people to come and meet me in Camden for my lunch hour because that was the only time I had. Mm. And it was, I'd just go and meet them and listen to all their problems. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, things that I'm taking for granted, actually people really need help with that. Mm. And it's stopping them from creating their dream. And I think, oh, God, I don't want them to stop you know I can easily help these people and then they can just carry on producing what's inside their head and I thought I can I can almost facilitate these people to get those ideas out of their head and into reality like really easily so something that's really hard for them I I can help them it's fine you know I I know the lingo it's that thing of like you don't realize how much you know until you speak to someone who doesn't know it and then you're suddenly like I know. hang on yeah. I I know I all this stuff you. yeah and like I said you know listening to all of that my whole life has been in fashion mm-hmm. therefore most of my friends work in fashion yeah. and if we talk about things you end up talking in this weird like jargon language that you just assume yeah. everyone knows yeah. and then you speak to somebody who's come from a completely different background that doesn't know and yeah. you're like oh I can help you this is fun yeah that's um, really really and, interesting yeah. so yeah I left my job in September 2018 so I've been doing this for just over six months now wow. it's, it's been so it's just loads of fun yeah Great. I've really enjoyed doing it and meeting so many different people as well yeah I bet so yeah. obviously this is a podcast for fashion photographers more than it is yeah. for fashion brands. But the reason I wanted to get you on was because I feel like it's really important for photographers and anyone in the fashion industry to kind of get a bit of a bird's eye view of the whole industry, not just focusing on just their thing. So yeah. I wanted to get you on to talk about how things are for brands and so that photographers can then understand things from a brand's point of view a bit more like I have the advantage of I've worked for fashion brands before myself and I think Mm. that does help me when I'm speaking to brands and I understand what they mean by like oh this is for drop three like that's something that I don't think you necessarily hear unless you work for a brand or you hear about it through other like terms so um at what point do brands really start thinking about photography um, I think it depends what kind of person you are, mm-hmm. because like, I've got lots of different clients that all have different skills. And one of them who I actually met the other day, she comes from a styling background. Mm-hmm. So her, it, her brand almost started from a photography visual aspect. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I want my brand to look like this. Yeah. Um, and every time I'm like, okay, so what's, what are your captions going to say? What, what's your about us page you're going to say? And she's like, well, the photos are going to look like this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we've got the photos down. That's fine. What's it going to say? So with her, it was right from the beginning Mm. that she knew exactly the aesthetic that she wanted to create. Whereas somebody else might've come from a point of 
being affected by mental health, for example, and they want to set, raise money for that and end up selling T-shirts with slogans on. Mm-hmm. So she's come at it from a very different um, starting point. So she might think about photography a lot later down the line. Mm-hmm. And it might not even be that that person has a creative spark. It, 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 might, it might be just that it's completely come from this charity mm-hmm. point of view. So she would probably start looking at it when your styles are in sampling. Okay. Once it's actually being or sketched out or moving from the sketching stage to the production stage, you know, because you know that once you've get, so got some samples made, that's when you need to have the photographs done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it depends what kind of person you're working with. You know, some people can direct a photographer. Mm-hmm. Other people might need the direction being taken from the photographer. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of getting a gauge of the kind of person you're working with yeah that it's makes about sense. conversations and asking the right questions I suppose and finding out what what kind of where they are in their journey for themselves yeah. and how much of a creative input that they want to put into their brand mm-hmm. um you know because if say the girl who was a stylist a photographer came in and tried to direct her she'd be like whoa no way <laughs> yeah like, I knew what this one is this was needed to look like from day one yeah whereas the the other example of a woman might actually really appreciate some direction mm-hmm. so it's yeah like you say really getting to know your customer and their ways of working mm-hmm. and their abilities before you do anything you know and just really getting to know them on a uh, on a human level yeah. as well as a brand level cool and yeah obviously I know this is quite a broad question but from okay. generally what do brands look for in a photographer I think they look for a similar a similar sort of aesthetic obviously mm-hmm. but then also similar values uh-huh. um I I think if you're a brand that's quite soft and mellow and you know slow fashion for example Mm -hmm. is really important to them and it's like an underwear brand then that you wouldn't go after somebody that uses really harsh lighting with high contrast and movement and dynamics it Mm -hmm. would be somebody who sort of respects that tone that you want to create Mm -hmm. um and obviously an instagram is the perfect way to be able to showcase your work and really get a view again like a bird's eye view of like your aesthetic yeah uh but yeah if you're looking for like a party brand that is all about how you can dance in your dresses I don't know Mm -hmm. you know how it moves and like that feeling that it creates when you're wearing it then you would go after somebody that's a lot more dynamic Mm -hmm. and can create that feeling that you want to create and if it's like a party girl that's the kind of girl that you want to shoot your brand because you know that they're going to understand your customer yeah and what and recreate that feeling with their photography Mm. that's really Um, really helpful I think that it just it all comes back to like photographers understanding their ideal clients because if they want to shoot for specific brands they need to know what those brands are going to be looking to have in their recreate themselves yeah 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 it's um 
it's funny really because anybody that I speak to they're all the answer is always just know your customer (laughs) whether it's marketing or selling or branding or photography that that's the answer to success all the time and it's like knowing your customer and also just coming down to timing Mm -hmm. and even the way they kind of like to be spoken to as well do they prefer meeting in person over Mm -hmm. a coffee or do they prefer just maybe they're like a bit of an introvert so they don't like speaking on the phone and they prefer to email um and trying to get those little bits of information out of people at the Mm -hmm. beginning and being very aware of their behaviors Mm -hmm. is just making it a really nice experience for them throughout the whole time you work together and obviously if they're going to do like a second or third collection you want them to come back to you as well well. this is the thing that's why it's so important is because as fashion photographers we have an advantage in that we can get repeat work like if you're a wedding photographer you're not going to get repeat weddings from (laughs) the same person well yeah Yeah. that's that's the aim at least Um, so I think it's it's even more important for fashion photographers to be maintaining those relationships with their customers yeah that's another really good point actually you know after you've done the shoot Mm -hmm. it's there's two ends to it you know like how can you make the onboarding experience the best it can be for a client and then also the the aftercare of your client as well so how can you like you said you know maintain the relationships and can it be that you you send some pictures, maybe make a little lookbook for them mm-hmm. that they can use as a little gift or, I don't know, just maybe something that they can easily remember you by yeah. to make it really personal to them? Yeah, no, I, I, I actually do gifts for my clients, um, not necessarily oh. after every shoot, but no. certainly at Christmas time, I will send gifts out and, you know, it's never, it's never <laughs> pre-warning, like, oh, by the way, I send gifts to my clients. It's always just a surprise mm. at the end and th- it always gets a good reaction and it gets me more work. And I don't necessarily think that the, the present itself, the gift gets me the extra work. It's more no. the whole process, but it, it definitely adds to it and it makes it it makes the clients feel appreciated and and feel special yeah and I think sometimes even I put uh little cards in the post to mm-hmm. my clients and I'll always ask for their address for like invoicing purposes but yeah. it's not really for invoicing purposes mm-hmm. it's for sending little fun presents throughout our time together yeah because if we're working together over the space of six months I might meet them at the beginning but then I won't actually see them again for the next five months. It will just all be email and Skype. And by the end, it can feel a little bit cold. It's like, how can you keep that relationship warm, you know, (laughs) the opposite to cold um, for as long as possible? And, you know, even if you just send a little message being like, you're doing really amazing, keep it up. For somebody who's working alone, that could really mean a lot. Yeah, for sure. And I, even with big brands, I do that quite often. If I let's say a brand I worked with six months ago has released a new collection and I'm really loving the new collection, I will, I'll send them an email and just say, I'm loving the yeah. new collection. It's really simple yeah. things like that, but they go a long way. And sharing the brand on your feed yeah. and your story as well, just to be like, I've not forgotten about you. You know, mm-hmm. there's always ways to keep in touch without constantly, Nagging. I don't know, <laughs> sending gifts every five minutes through the post yeah or like 
do you need any work? Do you need any yeah. work? You know, if you just tag them in a follow Friday every now and then, they'll exactly. get a notification and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I need to get back in touch with her because I've got this new shoot coming up. Yeah. Um, it's just making yourself visible and memorable mm. for as long as possible throughout the time to working together. Mm-hmm. That's such good advice. So mm. I obviously, and in smaller brands, this is probably quite an obvious question, will answer to a question, but when it comes to big brands, I know that a lot of people get stumped on who is actually doing the hiring. Um, yeah. Is it the brand themselves? Is it sometimes, do they go through production? Do they go through agencies? Like who is actually doing the hiring of photographers? Um, uh, that is a, a tricky question. I'm not entirely sure with regards to like different brands mm. use different ways. Yeah, of course. Um, and obviously like most of the brands that I work with, they're more just like, one woman bands mm-hmm. you know they're, they're doing everything and it's amazing to see that that you can turn your hand to so many different skills mm, um I'm just trying to think back to the people that I worked with I it must have been production companies because mm-hmm. I don't remember anything ever being done in-house so it was always outsourced mm-hmm. um I think it, it just yeah. it vastly depends on the brand and who they are and what kind of size they are. Like I've worked mm. with brands directly where it's just been sometimes it's the e-commerce manager, sometimes it's the head of marketing. It really depends, yeah. but it's always people in <laughs> and those... sometimes those people are the same people. <laughs> yes, often they are. Yeah. So it's yeah. um it's just kind of being a bit savvy and and speaking to people I think and not being afraid to reach out to one person and just Mm. and even if it's not quite the right person they'll they'll point you in the direction of who is um yeah yeah. that's always a good question to ask you know if you do get an email back that's like no this isn't me yeah don't leave it there be like okay thanks for letting me know (laughs) uh could you point me in the right direction for the person I need to get hold of yeah um and even like LinkedIn as well Mm. it sounds a bit frumpy and old-fashioned but they it is a really good place to get hold of names yeah and I remember my old boss he was just like an absolute bull in a china shop on the phone you know he'd get on LinkedIn find a name call the switchboard and then be like hi can I speak to so-and-so and then they'd pick up the phone and he automatically he was through to the right person or or just even somebody in the right department who'd yeah. be like, oh, I'm just trying to get hold of a person who books the photo shoots. Could you point me in the right direction? And it's, it is that um, idea of getting your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And what's the worst thing that can happen, really? You know, you don't have to leave your name if, no. if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, or you might go red, but nobody can see that because yeah. you're on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or you might be shaking, but nobody can see it because yeah. you're on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or um so just think well what's the worst thing that can happen and I always think it's that you'll be in the same position as what you are now yeah um and if they say no you'd be like okay well I never had them in as a client in the first place so I'll just go out and find somebody else and maybe they weren't right for me and I know I I always find the people that say no further down the line you, you you find a reason as to why yeah um and it's very rarely to do with you but if it is it's just because your values aren't in alignment mm-hmm. and or you see something that they think's brilliant and you're like, that is absolutely gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, okay, well, maybe I wouldn't have created what they wanted yeah. anyway. So I'm happy with that to yeah. just walk away. 
That's cool. That's really good advice. I wanted to yeah. talk to you about trends because I love mm-hmm. your Instagram stories. You do like little trend updates, which are really cool. I do. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> how important are they for people working within the industry to understand? And what are the best ways for people to learn about trends? I think it's not necessarily too important to understand the micro trends Mm -hmm. but you do need to know what the macro trends are Mm -hmm. so as an example it's using sort of cultural references and being very aware of what's happening in the world I think that's always important no Mm -hmm. matter what you're doing so with this um, David Attenborough Blue Planet 2 Mm-hmm. that was like a huge cultural shift in the way people are using plastic, yeah. the way people are eating their food, the way people are consuming their clothes, how they're reusing their clothes or how they're disposing of uh, waste in their business. So that is really important to understand. Mm-hmm. But what might not be so important is the fact that, um, I don't know, coral it was the pantone color of the year yeah and that's that you don't really need to know that but it feeds into that um macro trend of the planet Mm -hmm. being very important at the moment and then looking at ways you can respect that and incorporate that within your business Mm -hmm. and another one is like detoxing and just digital detoxes Mm -hmm. people are trying to stay off their phone I saw somewhere the other day that you on average you pick up your phone 110 times a day or something it's just (laughs) yeah and it's just talking about things that other people are talking about makes you relevant and if you're not up to date with cultural references then you become out of touch and that's so scary I think as when you're running a business that you don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. I feel like you just always need to be a little bit ahead of the curve in the way people are working because Mm. then you can offer that service do you have any Um, like resources so people can go because sometimes a trend like a macro trend like the plastic one like the David Attenborough one is so it's so obvious that you don't actually notice yeah, I would say I sign up to a lot of newsletters and I've probably been half of them, but every now and then something will come through that's really interesting. Yeah. So there's a company called WGSN mm-hmm. who are a fashion, or well, they're a trend forecasting company. And I think it costs something crazy, oh, like it's, it's 10,000 pounds to yeah. sign up to. However, they give out a lot of information in their newsletters and it's just in snippets. But sometimes that's all you need as a normal human being. Um, I also sign up to the Business of Fashion newsletters. Mm -hmm. Their blog's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Fashion United, I sign up to theirs. And theirs is probably the best one that I think I sign up to. There's always really relevant industry news on there. And like new brands that are doing things in different ways. Um, the Good Trade as well, that's a new one that keeps popping up on my Instagram, so I've signed up to that. But I'm yet to kind of see how good that is. Mm-hmm. Um, what other one was there? 
I can maybe send like a couple and then yeah, we can link to that's them. That's really cool because I'm subscribed the main ones, to a I few think. as well. I, I was a member of Business of Fashion for a year. I've cancelled that mm. now. I just didn't feel like it was very necessary for me. But um, yeah. th- they are really, really interesting. And um, I, my university, when I was still a student, we actually had access to the full WGSN thing mm, and it, oh my it? god I mean I really miss it because it was so yeah. good <laughs> but you can spend a lot of time on there <laughs> yeah you really can but definitely and cannot Drapers afford that as well yeah Drapers is good one. yeah yeah and um like even Vogue going on their website there's all the catwalks that are always yeah. on there and so kind of people who are always you know that are a little bit ahead of the curve you know people like an outfitters mm-hmm. um you just always know that they're kind of pushing the boundaries on what's what fashion is yeah. um if i were to go into london and i had half an hour and i wanted to know i'd go into urban outfitters top shop mm-hmm. and zara yeah and maybe selfridges if i had time yeah. and just go on to the um what do they call it the it's like floor three I think contemporary floor yes yeah and just go in there and have a scout about and And speak to people as well yeah like speaking to store staff Mm. what's cool and you could just like if you look young enough you can just be like oh I'm doing a project at uni uh I'm really interested to find out what people are doing what people are buying um and then also rather than looking at sort of independent things in the store coming out of yourself a little bit and being like what is this store trying to tell me at Mm. first glance so rather than zebra print boots it's like animal print is important and then you might see a surrounding animal print there's a lot of like neutral colors Mm -hmm. and then neutral colors kind of usually mean that there is a knock-on effect to the planet I don't know it's like people are trying to wear muted things because it's like natural colors I don't know how to explain it it's weird it's like a respect to the planet somehow you know rather than using like neon colors and neon dyes and like loud crazy things yeah the fact that the safari and the animal prints like even that's a nod to the blue planet to effect as well Mm -hmm. like everything's always interlinked to these big macro cultural trends and it's quite interesting to see kind of how they filter down. Like the digital detox thing mm-hmm. kind of links to mindfulness yeah. and the crystals and wellness mm-hmm. and veganism. <laughs> and then you start noticing like organic cotton cropping up and yeah. sustainability and recycled labels and recycled polyester. Mm-hmm. And then that all kind of comes and then links back to the Blue Planet 2 one. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's there's usually one or two big things happening at a t- at one time. Mm. And then you see all the different mini trends within that. That's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that's yeah. really, really helpful to okay. <laughs> planning their yeah. own shoots or wanting to yeah be, just be ahead of the curb. Cool. Okay, so yeah. I've got and a also, few... Sorry, got, one no, more. Yeah, magazine. go for it. <laughs> I feel like magazines are really... Uh, underrated now I because everyone so is on agree. Instagram yeah and it's really like curated edited mm-hmm. interesting content that somebody has been paid to create yeah and you with Instagram it's a lot harder because there's so much free content online um that they can just dump anything you know if you're going on the Daily Mail it's like and it's so such garbage like there's so many spelling mistakes yeah. on there I don't know you just don't really get that with a a magazine and like really cool indie magazines as yeah. well are always good to have a look at what's coming up next 
Yeah. No, that's I. Yeah. I'm an ex magazine editor, so I. Oh yeah. I feel very very passionate, passionate about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, still I still buy like you know magazines every month that I've bought forever. Yeah. And I I know I'm one of the few that is still doing that, but. I will mm. never stop loving magazines. So and and uh, learning that's from a sad them. thought yeah. for them to be not there anymore. I don't think they're going to go. I really don't think they're going anywhere. No. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. So I've got a few quick fire questions that I ask sort of everyone. I've tailored yours to you because you're not a photographer. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, can you tell me what your favourite brand is? Yes. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a sustainable brand, mm-hmm. which I felt a bit naughty for saying, but it's Bershka. Okay. I just think it suits me. I feel like I've got to an age now where I'm like, I just know what suits me. Yeah. I'm quite short and they're always like their clothes never too long or too mm-hmm. baggy or too big. And they're always like a little bit ahead, yeah. but they're never too fashionable. It's like Ooh. really easy day wear. Yeah. Amazing, cool. And what software do you use every day? Oh my god, somebody introduced me to Google Drive recently, and it absolutely <laughs> changed my life. Amazing. I've got the app on my phone, I've got the app on my iPad, and just the fact that wherever you are, you can still access all of the work mm-hmm. is game changing. And the fact that you can have documents open with your clients at the yeah. same time as well be like oh, I'm just going to edit this I'm going to drag it and they can see what you're doing while you're working is really important amazing and yeah. do you have a favorite photographer I do I, I don't really know how to say their name mm-hmm. but somebody bought me a book when I was at school that was, um it was a collaboration with Versace and mm-hmm. it, it was Avedon yeah was Richard, Avedon? Richard Avedon, yeah. yeah yeah I just think they're so creative the the images that he creates Mm -hmm. and obviously it's fashion and it was with Saatchi and it was like I don't know really harked back to all the 90s cool like supermodel Mm -hmm. era that's that's one of my favorites amazing yeah and who is your favorite person to follow on Instagram this is easily like the hardest question that you (laughs) sent me sorry so many um, I'd say my favourite person, though, is a woman called Sarah Aquasombi. Okay. And she, I, I found her about a year ago, and she was an interior blogger, and then she set up her own business school for in, people who want to go freelance and not really sure where to go. So there's, like, Instagram schools, um, like, how to manage your money, and really easy, actionable advice. And she's got a Facebook group. And I kind of went through this whole journey of consuming all of her content and then ended up hiring her as my business coach as well. So, yeah, and she's a very creative woman. I have to look her up. I have not heard of her before, so I'm sure she's someone I would love. Yes, I'm sure she would. (laughs) Is there anyone else? Because I know you said it was hard, so feel free to drop some Um, more names. Yeah, so another girl is Jen from My Bags of Stuff. Okay. And it's just, it's so, it's such a simple idea, but she does things like mum stuff, baby stuff, girl stuff, boy stuff, and like all these bags say all these things. <laughs> but she's always sort of kind of talking to the camera. She's really down to earth. She's really like a normal woman that's doing really well for herself. Mm-hmm. And I just really respect that she's kind of juggling the kids and the bags and um, taking something really simple, but 
made it cool. I don't know. Amazing. Um, and then Heart Zena, I like her as well. Cool. I think she's like a content producer and her feed is just really beautiful. Charlotte Jacqueline. Yeah, I love her. From Betty Magazine. Yeah. I could go on, but yeah. I'm going to stop. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I spend too much time on Instagram. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Um, where can everyone find you and stay up to date with your work? Um, so I'm at Elizabeth Styles UK. So it's like S-T-I-L-E-S rather than a Y, like mm-hmm. Harry Styles. Um, and my website's elizabethstyles.co.uk. Um, yeah, and feel free to get in touch, send me an email, ask for advice, anything. I'm always open. I love meeting new people. So. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting today. It's been really, really, really amazing and oh, super helpful. You. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was lovely to be on. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It Starts With A Click. If you enjoyed it, please come and let me know over on Instagram at Olivia Bossett, that's my handle. If you'd like to learn more about fashion photography in general, then head over to my website, it's www.oliviabossett.com. I blog weekly all about fashion photography and I also have a huge free resource library, which is full of free downloads. Downloads include a pitching email course, which is a five part free email course. Um, all about pitching. There's an ebook which is all about using Instagram and Pinterest to market your business. And there's even an email template file of how to pitch yourself it's word for word. It's the email I use when I pitch myself to brands. So go and get that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're using to listen. And make sure that you don't miss future episodes because they're going to be amazing. I will see you next week. Bye!